in business, time is money. Your customer knows better about the business they run. What kind of processes would you like to automate? And people are like, I want leads. We pay with the data that we give them. Operation Automation is ready to launch. Prepare to optimize your business in three, two, one, go. Hi there, it's Irek. As we are moving through our very first sprint, we thought it'd be a good idea to talk about the ways most of us are introduced to automation in the first place, the onboarding process. Today, we're joined by Przemek, the person who guides new marketers through automation for a living. Przemek spends a lot of time optimizing the onboarding process, and he has helped over 300 companies engage with their customers on a deeper level and increase profits with marketing automation. We've discussed why you should always set your business goals before you choose the software and why sometimes it's better to pay that extra money for a dedicated onboarding experience instead of wandering in the dark. Shemek, what process in life do you wish you could automate? Oh, that's a tough one. I think... Uh... There are many processes, right, uh, that affect your personal life. Do you like to just delegate, hand over to other people, like cleaning your house? Oh, that's, that's a nice <laughs> one. That's a good one. I, I know. I like the feeling when the house is clean, but not, uh, not when I need to do the job. Uh, so that's top number one for me. Uh, however, there are others like... Um, Cleaning my car, also I like So it's it. all about cleaning. It's yeah. about cleaning, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> can relate, can relate, totally. Yeah. So this is like about personal stuff, uh, but you know, in business, you want to automate the things that are taking you out of the, uh, the big picture and that uh, really affect your day-to-day -day job. You need to... Uh, repetitively uh, go through and um, just get it done, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm this kind of person that always like to uh, see the whole picture, uh, have a mission, vision, mm -hmm. but then those simple tasks should be automated. I don't want to waste time. And mm -hmm. I, I think in business, it's it's really important. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Definitely, and. You've worked with over 300 people so far, right? Yes. Dude, in like across industries. That's correct. This is what a journey. <laughs> this, is, this is just unbelievable because for me, like when you when you said about this big picture, how do you manage to actually understand the big picture from from so many perspectives? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we had to automate the processes in order to allow me to go through all of those 300 different stories of our customers. So it's not even 300 people, but it's 300 companies. And mm -hmm. in one company, you have different specialists. So there are different conversations, more technical, more marketing-based, sales. Uh, all of those are really interesting. And you need to automate uh, your note-taking uh, mm -hmm. processes, your dashboards uh your welcome messages uh you need to automate the way you schedule a call with that customer so uh there are a lot of great tools that allow you to do it and then you can just focus on their problems their challenges 
something that you can help them with and that you have energy to do that. Right. right? And there are, as you mentioned, different industries, different businesses. And learning all of those different stories gives you this kind of flexibility to mm -hmm. adjust to different uh, ways of uh, running the business, running the processes and getting the best out of it. Sure. I'm, I'm like really interested in the way like, because you are responsible for the onboarding process, right? Yes. And from my perspective, the onboarding process is actually about understanding what is like crucial. Mm -hmm. And then just helping out, helping out. What information do you do you absolutely need in order to just be able to share a tip or mm -hmm. at least like, you know, understand the situation enough so then you can translate it into the product mm -hmm. that you are recommending? And, you know, so, so I'm just like thinking even like for the people who are listening to this episode is like, mm -hmm. what do you need to know before you even start using the tools mm -hmm. that's a good one i think uh, and you need to get support also from other people uh in business time is money right, right. so you cannot ask the same question twice mm -hmm. so you shouldn't be on your first call with a customer uh asking really simple questions mm -hmm. because they expect you to know your stuff and to share initial tips and in order to share those tips you need to talk to your sales team mm -hmm. to your sdrs uh to um to people that were initially involved with the customer on their customer journey and this way you get an understanding from which industry they are coming from what are their main challenges what are their uh key goals that they would like to focus on and then initially initially you bring value mm -hmm. to the table so um and later on you just adjust that to because you 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 know that your customer knows better about the business they run you are not the expert of that they know they know their uh their industry you are the expert of the product that you present the features that you present and then you need to tailor it to them so you first of all start with uh, initial handoff experience uh internal handoff experience based on the notes previous interviews calls of course the behavior on the uh on your website if you track that as well um and then you go with those details you ask more advanced questions so the customer gets the idea that right we are talking about mm -hmm. the actual action items that they need to perform mm. would you say it's important for your position to really believe in the product that you work with or basically anything can do mm -hmm. yeah that's uh that's that, that's something that you need to have uh in uh, this belief that you can achieve um something good for your customer otherwise if you do not believe in that um in that tool in the features in the cases that you suggest the customer will feel it immediately uh because you're not standing behind those ideas you know guys it happens that uh the customer is focused on on a feature that we know is not perfect but we need to develop even better mm -hmm. uh, so i'd rather be honest with the customer say, say to them that uh, guys there are other tools that will help you achieve the goal 
However, you can connect it with us as well on a given um, moment and then accelerate. So they treat you as experts as well. They understand that you want to help them uh, and you're not just promoting their hour or the tool that you would like to onboard. Mm. Especially when you have a lot of features, right? Yeah. Uh, and then it's it's harder. Uh, and the, the range of features that you then present to the customer uh, should be also tailored because they do not have time to go again through a demo, right? Mm -hmm. When you present, you show off with the features that you have, excellent options, but they have their own problems they want to resolve. Yeah. That's a really good point. So here, like based on your experience, um, what what are usually you know customers after? Like what what, what are what are they interested in? Like what do they wanna do mm -hmm. with you during the onboarding process? Like you know, if you were just to tell us about maybe the most common processes that they would like to automate, mm -hmm. you know, so what, what would that be? Mm -hmm. Of course. It all depends, right? Sure. Uh, we cannot uh, start uh, with a different word here. Uh, however, there are um, bulletproof ideas that we can implement, start with, and see how the customer reacts, uh, how their database reacts as well. Uh, but um, I would uh, I would start with um, with a customer. Understand first of all where the customer is, because some some of our customers, they would love to engage with a, a super trendy use cases, workflows that they would like to uh, implement. However, they still require some work in the, let's say, database, mm -hmm. in their sources of subscriptions, uh, mm -hmm. uh, where the data comes from, mm -hmm. uh, where, we where we see uh, that it needs to be reorganized, let's say, optimized for mm -hmm. an easier way to scale. Uh, so um, if I can see that there is a potential to discuss those cases, then I would definitely start with that. So we, we talk about where those customers sign up, uh, how they land in your list, in your marketing list, uh, what data you have about those customers. This can give you a better um, overview and will help you immediately find marketing automation workflows or features that you should use uh, to make the conversion better. So let's say if they start with, um, there is a simple form on a website, people sign up and leave basic details. So you can you know that they need to be welcomed, right? So you start with a welcome series. Uh, so you have the initial data, but then you have behavioral data. So you build on that. You ask the right questions in the messages, people interact with that, and then you, you you get closer to your to your audience. If you are more advanced, then you have multiple sources. So you have your CRM, uh, you have your Excel sheet that is provided by you know an agency or other partner. Um, you have uh, your WordPress for other um, initiatives that you that you that you run. Uh, people sign up via app. And uh, all of those then needs to be organized. And uh, otherwise, you lose the data, you lose the control, and you make many duplicates. Let's say you send the wrong content. So I would start with the with the with the initial 
reorganization and making the, the things clean. So mm. I don't like personally cleaning my house, but I like <laughs> <laughs> cleaning. So it is about cleaning again. <laughs> it is. But, but it totally makes sense. I mean, I, I, I could, I, I can see the impact of like, you know, the data points. If you have like, yeah, if, if you have basically access to meaningful information, then you can uh, start automating some processes. Without it, it's it's truly like difficult. Yeah, honestly, to me, it sounds a bit like a ideal case scenario. But mm -hmm. also, like speaking from experience, I had cases when people come and they just consider different automation tools. Then during the onboarding, you ask as an onboarding manager or something like, "So, what kind of processes would you like to automate?" And people are like, "I want leads." Exactly. And yeah. you're like, "Okay, what else do you want to do?" It's like leads <laughs> <laughs> what could i automate right yeah. yes. like, um, i want to earn more <laughs> better conversion right what do you do with those kind of customers yeah so you need to uh, identify the processes that can lead you to that wow moment that you earn more you can show uh, the dashboard with an increase uh, and to be proud of it uh, and and usually we are talking about different stages of this communication with your customers, right? So there are simple things that you can really improve to make a difference. So let's say, even if we look at the very popular abandoned cart scenario, mm -hmm. right? You can start with a workflow that is one for everyone, right? And then you, you just, you just start with abandoned cart workflow and then people say, okay, so I would like to, generate more money from that workflow. What should I do? And then you need to look into the data. So what kind of customers you have? Or are there different types of customers? Yes, there are. So you should create different workflows for that, different communication. Is it a seasonal, uh, let's say, offer? And then there is more, uh, the higher probability that people will just buy products for other people. So let's say we're talking Christmas and buying gifts for your wife or a friend, right? So then you should also try to understand who your contact base is and to include different communication, uh, different uh, messages in the, um, in the content of your messages, right? But that's about the content. It's not about the setup of the workflow itself, right? It is, it is more about the content, but the content is key in the, in the whole uh, setup process, I mm -hmm. think, because it gives you additional ideas that people miss. Mm -hmm. So they just focus on the the flow right so what should they do create creatively in with the with the flow um and uh they do not think about the content which can lead you to other alternative scenarios and mm -hmm. and this way you interact with your audience so let's say you send a message which is about the yeah again abandoned card and uh those people um can in your message click a button which says i'm not interested Mm -hmm. in that product I bought from another provider. Sure. And this gives you automatically a, a way to create another workflow, which will exclude them mm -hmm. from the next re-engagement campaigns. So it affects, the content affects your workflow. However, you do not think about it you know, from the start, right? No, as a content marketer, I feel very seen right now. But <laughs> I, I love this idea because very often, like marketers try to look at data to just find those people who bought from the other provider, but exactly. but they just don't ask straightforward question. Like, yeah, exactly. if you give the option, and and now I understand what you meant by behavioral data that mm -hmm. you can actually use content for 
like to stimulate certain behavior and then you can observe you know the reactions exactly and this awesome. is this is something <laughs> which uh, which we can learn even from the offline activities mm. right when we go to a store there is there is someone who is an expert in customer service they know uh, who is the regular buyer mm -hmm. So they can, without any data, they can make those decisions, right? Sure. I, will, I will just leave them alone. <laughs> they know what to do. Right? Yeah. And then we have another person that is fidgeting around, looking for, I don't know, an offer or a, a coupon or whatever. They will sign on the paper to a VIP card or whatever, just to get a discount. So we know how to sell it to them. Or there are people that just buy for, uh, yeah, other partner or mm -hmm. friend so then you, you you can immediately with a uh, with a pro salesperson you can react to that with mm -hmm. marketing automation you have a lot of data but you can also get more mm -hmm. and you can just work with your customers you can let them speak for themselves mm -hmm. so they can hit the right button or enter the right visit the right page and you will be able to um just skip some of the messages that otherwise will be just sent to their inbox and you will make them angry because I don't need that information. Right? I will buy it. I, I like the product. I need to know more about it because your product is super complicated, let's say. Sure. So this way you let them go into that route. Yeah. Okay, so then everybody's favorite statistical question. What, how many emails make too many emails from your experience? Yeah, there is, uh, there is um, I think... There is a way to measure it, I think, or try to understand uh, how many you can send looking at the data. You need to A-B test that. You need to push the, the limit mm -hmm. uh, and try to send, let's say, the, the number that you think sound right. Uh, so we start with, if we talk about, let's say, welcome, welcome series, right? Then we have, uh, you start with two messages. You like to talk more about your unique product and then you want to show the team that is behind it mm -hmm. um, or maybe cross-sell another product which uh, they should buy. Uh, and then you see that, yeah, the open rates are good. People do not unsubscribe. They do not mark my messages as spam. My reputation is healthy. I can add one more <laughs> and see how it goes, right? And then we add more and more and more. With marketing automation tool, you can also check if people, uh, you can go to those people that didn't open your first message. So you can send them reminders and see how many people react again. Uh, we noticed that, you know, when you go crazy with the reminders, uh, there, <laughs> the spam complaint rate goes up and, <laughs> and people yeah. just then contact you directly. Please don't do it. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it depends on the, type of the product that you sell, uh, the service. Uh, however, it's it's a great way to just see that in action mm -hmm. and push the limits a bit. You, you mentioned two types of campaigns that are, let's say, most popular when it comes to like automated campaigns. And mm -hmm. you, you mentioned welcome series yes. and you mentioned abandoned cards. Uh, is there anything else that you would just put like as you know in this category of like the most mm -hmm. important automated series? 
Yeah, I think that um, usually we want to target some people that uh, visit certain pages if there is um, uh, if our process um, is on the website. You go to through various materials and then you end on a I don't know billing page, right? Mm -hmm. So you and you spend enough time there, uh, so that how you can identify the right subscriber, the right visitor, and then trigger uh, more details to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, so visited you know pages and workflows based on the scoring uh, and the activities on site uh, i think are worth implementing mm -hmm. uh, but also uh, recommendations are something that people really like to like to implement okay. uh, especially when you have a big store hundreds of products um, and you know different uh things to offer mm -hmm. um it, it's it's then difficult to find the right products that you like to push to the customer uh ai can do it better i think they uh, i mean this, <laughs> this is this is um magic i do not understand how it works but <laughs> what it works, uh, what it works uh, <laughs> you can base the recommendations on uh geolocation mm -hmm. uh on the uh things they visited uh they liked or others that that could potentially be, you know um be also interested in that product so uh they they show you those proper pro proper products on site and then uh, or in the newsletter or in the marketing automation flow where you use those templates so i think uh, recommendations maybe it's not a workflow right for the recommendation but it's one of the elements that mm -hmm. we should implement uh, to support mm -hmm. uh, the way to, to to showcase our products to the right people at the right time totally i mean it just makes sense that you automate the process of like upselling cross-selling yeah. right any kind of sure. like suggestion yeah. i yeah this is this is cool. I still I, I still want to go back to welcome series and the thing that you you, you said about data because uh, this example with behavioral data was great that yeah, you basically ask people about like you ask a question and yeah. then you have call to actions that represent certain answers right so this way people can just like inform you about something but what data do you need to have in order to create like a really good welcome series mm -hmm. what, what, what data in your opinion is key to motivate others mm -hmm. uh, I would say just email just start <laughs> with an email that's good enough right you <laughs> that's can, all that's all that's all later you can build on that how, but, how uh, can you do that then? <laughs> yeah so it's like... uh, because people do not like in general uh, maybe I, I used too many um, I overgeneralize however uh, I think that uh, People do not like uh, going through a hassle. I mean, adding all of those details in the form, which is too complicated. Yeah. They just want to leave an email address uh, and then uh, see what's going to, to happen next. How do you personalize from there then? Yeah, it's, it's tough, right? Uh, it's tough. But uh, first of all, you start with that email address and then you, uh, you can uh, see how people react to your first message. So then again, content is key here. And you send the first message, which is just general. You do not personalize, that's fine. But people interact with your message. They open that. So you mm -hmm. and immediately you have, you have two segments, right? Those that opened, reacted, yeah. those that didn't open. So it's the first piece of, of data that you can use. Mm -hmm. Those that opened, they probably, a per percentage of them uh, will click. 
uh, it depends what kind of content you present and what kind of buttons you get uh, you, you 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 include there uh, those people will click and they will go to your website your website is immediately then your uh, the, the playground right where you can see how people uh, go through one page to the other if you have the right events you can track how much time they spend uh, and you can learn more about um, based on their behavior uh, so as you can see you do not need the data from the customer initially however it is very useful sometimes if they specify that uh, initially so i usually suggest to the, to, to, to my customers that um, if there is a segment a clear segment that you can identify um, please use that option it's, it shouldn't be um, required but recommended and you can also include in the form uh, more details be transparent with your visitor that when they do that, you will be better in communicating with them. So you can personalize the communication, right? Um, so you have, you know, if there is a um, school website, mm -hmm. uh, students can sign up, teachers, mm -hmm. parents, right? Yeah. So why shouldn't I ask for that detail? Right? And then when they provide this detail, you can you can send the right content. I really like the sound of that, and that sounds like very refreshing compared to you know this typical e-commerce thing where you really want to buy something, but you gotta submit three forms, fill in the billing information, then enter some more billing information, and then maybe they're gonna ask you for your email, but maybe not, and then maybe you'll be allowed to purchase the product, mm -hmm. but they already have all the possible data mm -hmm. on you yeah. at this point, so. I really like your approach that it's better to provide this sort of convenient customer experience rather than just chase this lead information that you're going to later harass people with all sorts of conversion emails. Exactly. It, it is very clear that in B2B business, it, uh, people overuse that approach, I think. When, whenever there is a nice report I, I, I see, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I need to provide like... Reports you know, don't come from everything. free. Exactly. <laughs> you everything. need to spend like 15 minutes just filling exactly. out the form, right? And the forms are clever. It, it cannot be just my test Gmail you know, email address. <laughs> yeah. It needs to be business email address. And then how many people work for my business? And, you know, what uh, is my role? And I always feel so guilty when I fill those forms. I think I was once filling one for us. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, why do you want to know that? <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it's scary. And... Uh, then you end up uh, downloading the report, uh, which you do not read. Oh <laughs> you just put it in a PDF folder. Exactly, PDF folder, and then it stays, and then you're bombarded with all of those calls. One good tip out of this podcast, it's this. <laughs> Don't make complicated reports. Sure. Exactly, and we need to check what we do with that. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, I'm just like thinking, have you ever had this this experience where you actually, okay, you filled out this form, you download the, the, the ebook, right? And then, I don't know, was there any situation where you had like this interesting email that, that comes as a follow-up? or like two emails, or like some automated series that actually is relevant somehow. It mm -hmm. refers to the ebook, but in an engaging way. So you mm -hmm. actually understand like, wow, this company, you know, these guys are experts in this field. Mm -hmm. They have this cool content. I've read it. And now I'm ready to just like do something else mm -hmm. with it. Because 
in my experience, it never happens. Same. It's just like you, you download this this ebook, and yeah, sometimes maybe somebody wants to call you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never, I don't like it when people want to call me. Sure. <laughs> That's like the worst <laughs> case development here. <laughs> Especially like in my case, I download reports for some statistics, for example. I get mm-hmm. my statistics and I'm done mm-hmm. and I don't care about the company anymore. Right. And then I get 15 emails of them trying to schedule a call with me. Uh-huh. A couple of times they had really good emails that said like they were very nicely written and uh-huh. I could appreciate it as a content marketer. I would say like this person really knows what they're doing and fortunately I don't care. Okay. <laughs> so Shemek, because mm-hmm. you're here with us, yes. what would be your recommendation? Let's say that you know, I have this great ebook mm-hmm. and I have this web form. What would you suggest? Like, you know, if just based on your experience, mm-hmm. what what could I do? Um you know, so so that people who download this ebook, they don't put it in this PDF <laughs> folder, but actually, how can I, you know, mm-hmm. use automation perhaps to just, you know, kind of trigger some mm-hmm. sort of like interaction around my content? Mm-hmm. What, what would be your suggestion here? Yeah, so first of all, you need to be transparent with what you have to offer and what people need to pay for that, because we pay with the data that we give them, right? right. This is It's not for free. It's right? not for free. Yeah. We know that people... Now that it's uh, usually those reports, PDFs are also created for people that work in that field already. So we know why we need to leave the data. Mm-hmm. And then um, I would like to know in the landing page that they offer, uh, you need to start already with bringing the value. Mm-hmm. Uh, because sometimes I'm surprised how much I had to pay for a PDF report, which was really short, not that great that, you know, uh, and... Uh, mm-hmm then I'm disappointed. Sure. And then any, like the communication that follows will not change my mind. Uh, I, I feel tricked. So I what kind of data do you think should be on the landing page? So it should be about uh, even what kind of experts, let's say, um, are included there. Uh, what's the, what are the key findings, uh, the key um, uh, elements that you can just bring to yourself and uh, learn on that and uh, how many even pages it it has uh, or uh, are there any action points for you uh, that you can just use for your company so uh, I think this could be um, potentially interesting to see Um, of course I'm not the content guy here (laughs) so I just wanted to to, to make it clear that uh, uh, this is this is what I noticed when working with other customers that when they switch to transparency to be um, to be open about what they deliver after this uh, those details are provided, then it's it's more effective. Uh, and then you need to continue that uh, approach in mm-hmm. the next communication. And if you um, if you really don't interact with the first two messages you shouldn't get five more mm-hmm. and people just are trying to get you on that call right sure uh, just you know just stop i didn't open even that message mm-hmm. don't don't do that anymore right yeah you need to stop at, uh, at one point mm, so that would be my uh, best recommendation to first of all um be transparent then monitor your 
metrics, how people interact with the messages, the content that you sell, and uh, be creative with the content. So mm -hmm. give some them some ways to interact with the messages that that you send, mm -hmm. whether they just maybe downloaded the report because yeah. the you know title was funny, right? Or <laughs> sure. uh, or maybe I didn't like the I didn't read the report. Uh -huh. uh, leave that button there, right? Yeah. Uh, and maybe or I'm not interested in the company, yeah. just in the data. Dude, right? <laughs> and then this is brilliant. This is brilliant. If you had like this sort of like a follow-up email, right? Yeah. After that. So it's not only like, okay, there is the link to the report you have mm -hmm. you have asked for, right? But then you have this follow-up email and then you can decide. Is it like not interested, disappointed, mm -hmm. or like you know, you you can just like Yeah, that's great. That, mm -hmm. That's really cool. You can even get back to those people after five days to give them, you know, enough room mm -hmm. to go through the lengthy report, uh, and then you know, how do you how do you like it? how do you mm -hmm. like the report? Sure, uh, that would be amazing. Like I haven't seen a single email that actually mm -hmm. asked me what exactly. I've done with the thing that sure. I downloaded. Now I even like imagine you know a kind of like email that gets like one quote of the report, so that for people who haven't opened. They mm -hmm. at least know what kind of, you know, gems there exactly. might be like hidden yeah. in. And there is like, this is just like, I don't know, a short fragment from the report. Mm -hmm. uh, and then like, you know, if you need some more time to read it, just sure. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get back to you in five days, for exactly. example. Yeah. And there's just like, mm -hmm. so, so. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really cool. It's a very fresh approach. I would say to transparency, maybe even ethics of mm -hmm. where the email marketing is going. Mm -hmm. really yeah. Cool. We, we forget about it because we just want to, um, you know, push the throttle and just go 200 miles uh, an hour and yeah. just smash everything with how great things we do and uh, uh, just oversell it maybe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, simplicity is, uh, is the key here, I think. I think that's still a very positive scenario in which you are overselling something that you're behind. I think in most cases, many marketers would just be chasing this information. So mm -hmm. you create a so-so report, put mm -hmm. it on a flashy landing, mm -hmm. and then you'll ask people to fill in a 15 field form mm -hmm. and they get a one pager. Yeah, that's the worst. Mm -hmm. And like your job is done. You yeah. have the contact data now. Mm -hmm. They won't get rid of you. <laughs> it's incredible. But you also mentioned, uh, like Przemek, you mentioned like, um, this open rate as a as, as information mm -hmm. as, as as data point, and this is great because I thought like okay, this is kind of like metric, right? So mm -hmm. I look at open rate and I see twenty six. It's better than twenty, mm -hmm. but it's worse than thirty two. <laughs> exactly. But still, it's only about percentage, right? But now you said that it might be it's 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 some data, and it tells you it shows you the group of people who are engaged, and exactly. and and the other group that is not engaged. How cool is that? I mean, just like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you and when you go for the clicks, the, the buttons, and if there is a clear call to action for the customer, that's the conversation. That's like the shortest survey mm -hmm. uh, that you can use, right? Mm -hmm. Why you ask people to spend 15 minutes on a survey and they are just, you know, uh, tired uh, mm -hmm. after that, right? You just it also opens up all these segmentation opportunities that we don't usually consider. Yes, definitely. So uh, let's think about it uh, and uh, yeah, start testing, right? Without without that, maybe we are wrong. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, for your business, uh, it will not work because people do not click, but then you can, you at least have this data 
uh, you tried mm-hmm. and you can change that to a different way of sending your messages, creating content. But I'm sure that this uh, it, it works for many customers, so it should work for, for others as well. And speaking of trying, because I know that there is this idea that marketing automation is a very technical thing, that you need to be a very technical person to be able to set up workflows. That's one of the reasons why like, I have to work with automation, but I would probably prefer someone else do it for me. And what do you think on that? Like, Do you think it's really that techy or can everybody automate? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think with uh, marketing automation, when you want to just start, it cannot be easier nowadays. Uh, we are now talking about drag and drop editors uh, that are super user friendly. You know exactly what the customer journey, what to expect, how this is going to be sent, and uh, you just play with the simple blocks and make it happen. Uh, what you need to do is to create the content and or use even the templates that are there, right? Uh, templates for not only the content but also for automation so you don't even have to think about what to do you just need to select the right journey and uh go go for it uh it it can get very uh technical uh, if you want to scale it if you want to um go to another level and uh, include a lot of um, data points, a lot of events, uh, then you need to discuss that with your IT team to um, to help with um, with more, to, to get the data that you have in different systems. And if there is a way to use a ready-made plugin, and there are hundreds of plugins now and ways to integrate uh, with uh, the integration that, let's say, we build or are available using Zapier, uh, you can do that, right? It's uh, And there you have support teams mm. that can help you. You have, uh, right. in our case, it's the, the onboarding, mm-hmm. right? That's why um, we do the things for you and we, we, we help you go through the uh, for the initial workflow, it can be overwhelming when you just start with it. But once you, you know, it's, it's super exciting when you just start building that workflow and then you see how people go through one element to the other. And then you see whether your ideas make sense, right? Sure. And it's, uh, it's the best things to, uh, to see in, in real time. And um, it, it gives you other ideas. How distracted are we now uh, working remotely? Yeah. Everyone sitting uh, comfortably. Wow. Uh, and then you go, let's say there is a marketing manager who yeah. just purchased the new tool mm-hmm. and you know his initiative is to train others, right? Mm-hmm. So we organized this training session for 20 people mm-hmm. and then people, if they are interested, they will enable their cameras right sure. you see how they react so you can uh, ideally you can work with that group but what happens when they just disconnect i mean uh, disable their cameras so you mm-hmm. have no idea what they do whether they listen right. to you or not they're doing the dishes exactly and playing with the cat and or replying to you know slack messages yeah. or whatever and and if you uh, do not interact with the group you're just losing their attention. Mm-hmm. And anyway, you you waste their time. Sure. And 
they do not know what to do next. So, so it's better to, uh, of course, the training sessions are useful because you can answer uh, a lot of questions if people are involved in the process. You can help them understand this big picture, uh, guide them into the right direction. However, when the things need to be done, they need to have the library of materials that they sure. can go through, see how it works, or they can contact the dedicated person uh, and then we can prepare the materials for them record the video uh, and show them how to do it just for them okay so that's that's very nice that's custom, awesome. and it's on demand right so exactly. some people because i believe that some people they are totally fine with learning something on their own right and and only when they are stuck they want to communicate right you're right that's okay. that's totally up to them if if you want to contact us you know uh you can you can do it if mm-hmm. you want just use our library that's that's fine i think you know people like this this approach because you uh you want to be the owner of the process mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes you need to be guided but mm-hmm. uh but then we also went through different onboarding experiences when uh, buying tools for our team Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you can you can feel what works for you uh, and uh, how you interact with those uh, presentations with Mm -hmm. those training sessions what's useful what's a waste of time so it's good to to go through that if you uh, if you want to create a perfect marketing automation flow Mm -hmm. also check how others do that so you can see it on your own and uh, think how you interact with those messages because you may feel that your product is the best and then the team that bought your product should invest many hours Mm -hmm. to do magic but they have other products as well they have other responsibilities and they need to have those quick wins yeah this is interesting because very often yeah if you are let's say well usually we we are focused on the product that we work with yeah the most we represent Mm -hmm. whatever but then you need to realize that this is just one of the tools that other people use so actually definitely there's a huge competition here right Mm -hmm. so they this is this is interesting i'm thinking about uh, the onboarding process what is the goal of the onboarding process in Mm -hmm. your opinion to decrease the time to value a mm. uh, short answer. You, uh, you've been preparing. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is cool, mate. It's like boom. Exactly. Point. I'm even proud of myself uh-huh. now. Yeah, that yeah, I yeah, was yeah. able to clearly present my view. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, in fact, I, I wasn't preparing for, for that <laughs> question. Uh, but uh, now uh, no one will believe me. But of course, uh, the, uh, the thing is that I was spending some time trying to understand what is the key like the key factor the the key element was my goal uh that i should have in mind when working on all of those smaller processes that w- mm-hmm. could let me go into that direction and uh time to value is, is not something i invented of course it's a very popular metric and uh, people in the onboarding industry use that to measure how quickly your kpis are uh, achieved Mm -hmm. um, from your customer's perspective. So let's say you know that in your tool that you offer, uh, there is a specific action that people need to perform. So in our case, send the first email. Mm -hmm. So you see how many days you need or your customer needs to, uh, to go through in order to send the first email. If it's, I don't know, seven days, make it free 
cool. how to do it. Yeah. You need to provide them with the training. You need to meet them. You need to send proactive messages. Mm-hmm. Make them do it, right? Okay. Uh, if it is like, um, if there is a, a problem somewhere, like maybe a technical problem, we need to resolve it. We need to make this process as smooth as possible. And then, okay, this first one is achieved. And you know, from your perspective, what's the next most important feature or action that the customer need to perform to make it make them stay with you? Uh, so you think about marketing automation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to do how to do that? How to encourage them to to move to the marketing automation? How long does it take uh, to create the first workflow. Mm -hmm. You have the data, Mm -hmm. you just need to see how many people get there. You may be surprised because, you know, uh, when you look into data, you can see that maybe uh, 50% of your customers don't do those specific actions. Uh, But then you have the motivation to to talk to them and see why, right? Right. Maybe we are are wrong. Our hypothesis is, is wrong and we need to change something or let them do it. So I think the time to value is a simple metric, but it's it really helps to focus on on the right goals. I really enjoy this angle you're taking with this that in your personal process and our marketing processes, it really like it all comes down to being open to communicating with your customer. You have to be ready, willing and open to asking questions. And I personally would fear that maybe not all customers would like to answer to me, but mm-hmm. I also recognize that a lot of them would. And exactly. that information would really be priceless to marketers. So mm-hmm. that is an absolutely new perspective for me. <laughs> I didn't see it coming and it's really exciting. So thanks so much for sharing this new experience. Nice. Yes. I'm, I'm really flattered. And I think that uh, you may be surprised how people react to uh, to. To, to the way you talk to them, you approach them. Uh, when I started in the onboarding area, I was even afraid to call people uh, and you know be on the calls with them because I was always afraid that, okay, we maybe do not have this feature. Sure. They really want to do it. And now I do not have the right answer. I do not have the perfect scenario that they should go and just win. <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, the, when you talk to so many people, you learn a lot from mm-hmm. them you learn about their the competitors because mm-hmm. they switched from a different provider right sure and it's why they switched uh-huh. something was wrong right it the process of changing a provider it's it's a mess right <laughs> you need to motivate <laughs> the whole team yeah you need to teach others yeah so why they had to switch to to something at least better mm-hmm. uh and then you need to work on that so they may feel that they you know still uh, maybe have some problems but you need to just talk to them and see how uh, how it works you can learn a lot and then that feedback is priceless to people from your product development team marketing team sales team what kind of people you should approach and then all of the communication whether it is personal like you know the interviews with your customer the training sessions onboarding calls progress review calls this is, you know, a library of cases, yeah. ideas, and it's 
yeah I, I can talk about it amazing <laughs> i mean then you have so much feedback coming in right exactly and because it, I, it can crush you <laughs> well, I believe so. because even if it's so good you just you can't stand how good it is i mean you have all those different kinds of feedback right like the positive the negative the like you know yeah. product oriented the, the, the competitor audience oh, we only oh, have yeah. the positive feedback about get response <laughs> sure no, just like, i would yeah. love that i would love that <laughs> but, but this is business helps right this this helps to uh to grow have yeah. you ever had uh, situations where a person would uh, explain why they decided to choose our platform over the competitors and you're hearing their answer and you're like we have the same issues <laughs> <laughs> of course uh, uh, it, it, it may happen uh, but it it depends on the uh on the platform and uh, the way they understand what they want to achieve, or maybe they even know what they want to achieve, but they immediately cannot see that option available uh, at your, just, you know, uh, right there. But yeah. you can work with them on another way to get to that place. Uh, you can be more creative then, of course, if you just do not have that feature, there then it's yeah, this it's is a, like super short answer right? <laughs> exactly but they that should be then evaluated during the sales process mm -hmm. and uh usually that's why we also could improve those processes i think because we we knew what things which things are not working for yeah. us right maybe we are targeting wrong people sure, uh, true, because true. those that enter our Mm -hmm. platform they fail yeah. so maybe we should spend more money on marketing mm -hmm. another group exactly this is great feedback for marketing right yeah. it's like this, these people come with questions that we can't really answer yeah exactly. and then suddenly you, you see that okay thanks for that you know we need to realign Marketing is product even more than marketing. In exactly, ways. marketing isn't for free, right? Sure. So you need to sure. pay for the ads, SEO, yeah. and yeah. So, uh, okay. We're almost out of time, and I still have the most important question to ask because, as you know, we are here for our very first sprint, which is coming out at every marketer's worst nightmare time period, which is probably like late July, early August. Do you have any tips? for slow season marketing? Like what is the things that we should be doing, we should be focusing on during this mm -hmm. time? Or is it like everyone can take a vacation for three mm -hmm. weeks and just forget about it? Yeah, uh, get ready guys. I think. <laughs> <laughs> get, get ready for, for the high season. When there's low season, you need to prepare, you need to do your homework, right? And I think this is the time when, uh, when you can look at your data points, you need to see what you have about your customers. Uh, you can now think about changing the tool that you use because it do not uh, it doesn't give you those uh, possibilities that others may do. And um, you need to internally talk with uh, all of the stakeholders uh, and make sure that you uh, make your goals uh, come true. Right. So uh, I think. There is always, you know, a thing that you can uh, do, uh, even if it's low, low season, I mean, from the marketing perspective, right? E even with our uh, marketing calendar, right? There are like hundreds of ideas which you can use uh, to, to make a great content. Uh, but I think, you know, this can be a way to still uh, be present for your contacts uh, with the, you know, do not forget about you. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, but in uh, in 
I think you can um, get to another level when you sit down with your marketing team, with your IT team as well, with your uh, performance team, and then, uh, you know, look at the data, think about the cases that you want to improve, talk to your services. I mean, uh, e email service platforms, uh, marketing automation platforms to the support, maybe they implemented a new team, which is still, you know, not available for everyone. Uh, you know, go to your customer success manager and, and talk to them. Uh, I think that it always um, gives you the, this possibility to uh, find new ways to uh, to improve your your marketing uh, campaigns and uh, and they will be also ready. I mean to to help you yeah. because they don't want to lose you. If you sure. ask questions, yeah. then they feel okay. Maybe that's there's something coming, right? Sure. Um, so why not to use that support uh, if you if you do not have enough resources on your side? No, that's great. That's really good advice. I have also like one question that re is related to the to the, <laughs> to the one that you've just asked. It's like um, because you've mentioned like, you know, time to value, which is like really cool with super straightforward. Um, what would you say? What is the shortest time to value when it comes to automation, like marketing automation? I think uh, this, when I present marketing automation, we, in that presentation, we finish with a ready automation workflow. So okay. it can be like five minutes. <laughs> what is that? So actually, what kind of like you know flow is is uh, is a kind of flow that you can create in five minutes and just like use it, start using it? Yeah. So it's it's even the uh, welcome series, right? Okay. It's, it's super simple because you have just two elements that you need to include: find people that subscribe, uh -huh. send the message, Boom. and that's that's simple. And then you can also build another one uh, with uh, those that didn't open the first message, send a reminder, right? Uh -huh. So and then uh, maybe th those that open track the most important call to action and see whether people interacted with it. Uh, so you have other segments already. Uh, with marketing automation, you can easily um, use it for segmentation purposes this way, right? So uh, it gives you way better, uh, I mean, it gives you better way to think about next campaigns. And uh, with the templates, mm -hmm. it's really easy to cool. do it. Uh, and exactly, you just like you've started. You've already started, so you know what it is about, right? Exactly. So, so here, this is cool because, like, you know, slow season. So, if you find five minutes, <laughs> you can implement like this this welcome series, and and just like and the, start with automation. Exactly, and the results uh, are crazy with marketing automation. So it's not something that we promote just because we want. Uh, mm -hmm. to make it popular. Uh, when we look at the benchmarks, uh, we can see that for newsletters, you get 20, 25% of opens, right? For mm -hmm. marketing automation, you, you get 40, 50%, right? right? And uh, uh, that's just pure data. Sure. Uh, yeah. So why, why skipping it? And I'm really um, amazed by the fact how many people just miss this point. Right. So... Uh, just do it, guys. <laughs> That's the best advice. Really. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank oh. you so much. Yes, that was a very eye-opening conversation for me. I'm still not over the fact of all the feedback-based communications you're suggesting here. <laughs> like, I think everybody should do it. That's my <laughs> advice for the slow season marketing. Involve some feedback in your workflows. 
Exactly. I'm I'm really happy we we had this chat, guys, and yeah. uh, it was a pleasure. Um, Thank you so much. Anytime you need me, I'm I'm here. <laughs> I mean, just I'm I'm ready to talk about so many different things right now because you've just opened doors <laughs> to like you know I I feel I feel that we could talk more about the onboarding, more about automation, more about examples because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that you know out of those 300 customers, you have probably about. 300 really cool use cases. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, this is amazing. So thanks so You're much. You're fishing for case study materials. <laughs> Always. So, you know, that's, that's brilliant. So thank you so much and see you see you next time. Yeah, and I'm sure we're going to ask you to join us again because really so much, such a great pool of opportunities here. And thank you for being our very first guest. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. <laughs> thank you a lot. Thank you. Cheers. get even more specifics on the topics Przemek covered today, make sure to check out the show notes. We always try to include the most useful links and resources there. If you want to share your best or worst onboarding story with us, don't hesitate and drop us a line at podcast at getresponse.com. And don't forget that the whole first sprint is already available at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. And in our next episode, we will dive into the specifics of customer onboarding from the sales perspective. Check it out and stay tuned for more. Operation Automation is backed up by GetResponse, the marketing automation platform that's been on the market for over 20 years. Subscribe for more juicy insights. And remember, automate, don't complicate.